Welcome. Thanks for joining us. You're about to hear a message from our Wednesday night Solid Rock Youth Group service. Solid Rock is a ministry of Living Word Family Church, and if you'd like to know more, check us out on our website at www.livingwordfamily.org. I ramble through that real quick. Okay, are we good? All right. All right. Johnny, first scripture. You don't have to throw it up there yet. Second um, Timothy 3.16 in the Amplified, and I changed my Amplified version, so you're good. Rock and roll. I threw water in my coffee mug real quick, just so I had some water here, and uh, turned out to be warm water. It's a little bit weird, but we'll get it. <clears throat> I like cold water. I like ice cold water, so warm water is a little bit, a uh, little bit different. All right, because of all the craziness tonight beforehand, um, I'm going to try to push through this as quickly as I can. So, as a quick refresher from last week. Hey, guys, I really don't want to have to split you up. Please don't make me split you up, all right? Last warning, okay? You're here for a reason, and you can talk and hang out after church, okay? After service, thank you. All right, so 2 Timothy 3.16. Johnny, you can throw that up. Last week, we talked about the letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, the second letter they wrote to Timothy, and how he was encouraging Timothy, okay? This is in regards to daily discipline in reading your Bible. Who reads your Bible on a daily basis? Or tries your very best. You might miss a day here and there, but you try your very best to read it every single day. Raise them high. All right, got a handful of you in here. That's all right. Who reads your Bible probably once or twice a week? Okay. Hey, just be honest with me. I'm not, I'm not here to tag anybody. Okay, now who reads your Bible pretty much just at church when we read scriptures at church? School counts. School counts. Every day. All right. Okay, who, who focuses on scriptures pretty much just at church when we go over them here? A couple of you? All right. Okay, for those of you who raised your hand at one of those, thank you for your honesty. For those of you who didn't raise your hand, that can only lead me to assume that you never read your Bible or pay attention to scriptures in church, and we've got to change that. School counts? School counts if you're reading it and listening to an understanding and not just doing it for a project or something. All right. Hiding it in your heart, understanding it. All right. Now listen to this. I'm going to read this scripture for you last, like we did last week. All scripture is God-breathed. You guys remember, scripture is inspired by God himself. Given by divine inspiration and is profitable for, listen to this. This is what we talked about last week. It's profitable for instruction, conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, to obedience to God, that is. For training in righteousness, living in a right, uh, li- excuse me, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. So, what is this here? This is Paul encouraging Timothy. Timothy, the Word of God is inspired by God Himself, and it is profitable. It is necessary. It's a requirement for every believer. And why is it a requirement? Because it's good for instruction. It tells us and gives us a foundation for doctrine and our beliefs. It, it re, uh, gives us reproof for conviction and exposing those areas in our lives we need to fix. And correction, helping us to be put back on the right path, back on level ground. And training in righteousness, which equips us to live by a higher standard, to live by God's standard. Okay. Now this is crucial here. This is what I want to start off tonight. Verse 17 is the why. So Paul says, Timothy, the word of God is inspired by God himself, and it is so important in our lives, and here's, here it is. 
but why? What does it do? What's the outcome? Verse 17 says, and also in the Amplified, thank you, Johnny, so that the man of God, or woman of God, the child of God, may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Say that for me. Every good work. Okay, this time you say it too. Every good work. Yes, we are being equipped to do the good works that God has set before us to do. Did you know that God has actually set out good work for you to do? Did you guys know that? There is a job for us to do when God has already prepared that for us. He's prepared those things for us. But in order for us to recognize it, in order for us to to be at a higher standard and do what God has called us to do, we need to be in His Word. We need to allow the inspired Word of God to filter into our spirits. Not just for a class project. Not just because maybe you and your family do your own individual Bible study. But you have to have time in the Word of God. Like, honestly, and I don't mean just reading a quick passage and then nodding off to sleep. I mean something that you can chew on and spend a few minutes with. You know what I'm saying? Even if it is just a chapter. Something that you can think about and chew on and take. If some of you are like, you know what, this next year I'm going to go through the Bible in an entire year. I would encourage you to not start in the Old Testament. Save that for a little bit later. Go ahead and start in the New Testament. Learn about how Jesus ministered. Learn about Jesus' life. If you've never read through the Bible before, it's so easy to read in the New Testament and get through Genesis, because that's exciting and pretty cool, to get through um, uh, Exodus, because that's pretty cool, and then shortly after Exodus, it's easy to get bogged down in the books of the law and all this other stuff that can, that can frankly, be a little bit boring. When you hit Ecclesiastes, yeah, Numbers, Leviticus, all of it, it's just, it's, if, you're not, if you're not there yet... It can, it can really be discouraging because it's not, it doesn't stay exciting in some spots, right? But it's all still there for a purpose. But I'm saying if you're going to decide, you know what? Yes, Matt, I'm going to spend time reading God's Word every single day. Go ahead and start in the New Testament, all right? Or if you need a reading plan, let me know. I will get you a cool reading plan that will help you hit spots that are connected to each other in the Old and New Testament, okay? But it's so crucial to do that because we need to be equipped and ready to do the work that God has set us out to do. Is anybody familiar with computer programming at all? A couple people. For those of you raising your hand, do you know what an if-then statement is? Regarding computer programming, Johnny, what is an if-then statement? Shh. Yes. An if-then statement when regarding to computer programming is a statement that causes something to happen. It tells that program... If this condition is met, then this is the outcome. Okay? If this condition is not met, then this is the outcome, or there's no outcome, or it's a false, or whatever. Okay? An if-then statement has a requirement. For this to happen, this first must happen. Okay? That's an if-then statement. Do you see the if-then statement in this passage that we just read? Do you see the if-then statement? If, now this is an implied statement, so it doesn't come right out and say it, but if you spend time in God's Word, then you will be equipped and prepared. If you spend time in God's Word, then you will have a firm foundation. If you spend time in God's Word, then you will get that conviction from God that helps you straighten up the wrong things in your life. You see that? You see where it's coming from? 
If this, then that. God gives us a lot of if-then statements in his word. A lot of them. If you obey me, my children, I will bless you. If you obey me, then I will bless you. If you follow my commands, then I will be your God. If, then, if, then, if, then. Why do you think that is? Why do you think God gives us if-then statements? Instead of just saying, because I love you so much, I'm going to bless you. Why do you suppose that is, Keely? Exactly right. It's a two-way street. God said, I have so much that I want to do with you and for you and bless you with. I want to pour out blessing on you that, there's, that you don't even have room enough to contain. But before that can happen, there's a condition that needs to be met. If this, then this. Specifically concerning blessing that I just said, God says, if you will bring the tithes and offerings into my storehouse, then I will pour out upon you a blessing that you cannot even contain. Do you see where that comes from? There is a two-way street there. There's a relationship that's happening. All right? The only thing that's not conditional about God is his love. God loves us unconditionally. There's no if-then statement with God's love. But as far as his blessing and as far as him uh, uh, um, bringing those promises to pass in our lives, we have a part to play in that. Okay? We have a part to play in that. Uh, Johnny, you don't have to put this one up here, but in Mark chapter 4 we see the parable of the sower. I'm going to run through this real quick for you. For those who don't know, the parable of the sower says this. In essence, I'm paraphrasing. Jesus talks about a farmer who is planting seed. Okay? Some of that seed falls along the roadside. Some of that seed falls uh, on the rocks. Some of that seed falls upon, like, very shallow soil. And some of that seed falls upon very good soil. So we have four possibilities for seed. And in this parable, the seed that the farmer is sowing is a, 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 as an allegory or is a representation of the word of God. So the word, the truth, is being sowed in four different ways, four different places, okay? Three of those places are bad, without going into all the details. One of those places where the seed is sowed, the good soil, that's where the seed takes root and can grow strong. That plant grows strong, okay? So without going into too much detail on the, the three bad areas that the seeds were sown into, I want to focus on that good soil. That good soil needs to be our hearts. Reading the Word of God, receiving it into our hearts, that seed of truth, that seed of God's Word planted in our hearts. What needs to happen? Besides just good soil, what needs to happen for plants to grow strong? They need to be in good soil. What else needs to happen? Hunter. They need water. Pretty obvious, right? What else needs to happen? They need sunlight. Exactly right. What else? What's that? Yeah, pull the weeds out. If we're talking about a harvest, a farmer needs to cultivate the ground. He needs to pull the weeds out. He needs to fertilize. There's a lot of things that need to happen, okay, for a plant to bear the maximum amount of fruit. Not only does it have to be in that good soil, which is the start, we need to have water for that seed. We need to have sunlight. For that. There's other things that we need. That is on us. We need, to be, we need to be cultivating that ground, and we need to be taking care of that seed that, that we put in our heart every day by reading the Word of God so that that seed will bear fruit in our lives, and we will see these things that Paul writes to Timothy come to pass. We will be able to see in God's Word correct where I need correction in my life. We will be able to see 
the solid foundation and the worldview that I need to see the world through God's eyes. We only can get that if we're in his word and if we're studying in his word, okay? Now, Mark 4.24. John, you can do that. 4.24 and 25. After, shortly after he tells the parable of the sower and he explains what that means to his disciples, listen to what Jesus says. This is from Jesus here, okay? Then he added, pay close attention. Oh, sorry, uh, New Living Translation. I apologize. Uh, Mark 4, 24 and 25 in the New Living Translation says, Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. Now listen, I'm, now listen, I'm going to emphasize this a little bit. We can also say, pay close attention to what you read. Jesus was saying what you hear to them because they're there listening to him tell about this. I'm going to say what you read to you because you're reading and hear, in, in God's word and you're also hearing it when I talk about it or pastor talks about it on Sunday or whatever. Pay close attention to what you read. Justin, this is one of the ways, this is one of the reasons I say not just a class project, but your own individual Bible study. Because it's easy for a class project to say, what's the answer my teacher's looking for? What's X, Y, Z? I need to write a paragraph about this and then I'm done. When you really have not let God's word soak into your heart. And I know a lot of you aren't in Christian school, so that's, not, that's kind of a moot point. But that's why I said that, Justin. Not just classwork, but solid individual time between you and God reading through his word. Pay close attention to what you hear, to what you read in my word. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. Do you hear the if-then statement in that? If you pay attention, then you will have understanding. How many of you have sat in class before and your teacher rattles on for 15 minutes giving instructions on a project, and when she is done, you say, oh my gosh, I have no idea what she just said. Is anybody like that? Has anybody ever called a number and it says, for, for this, dial 1, for this, dial 2, for this, dial 3, for this, dial 4, and when you're done, you're like, I do not know what they just said. Repeat. I've done that three or four times before because my mind will literally start to wander, and I'm like, oh, shoot, repeat, repeat. Okay, 4 is what I need. If we're not paying attention, we will not have understanding. Okay, so you listen to this if-then statement. I want you to take this home with you tonight. If you read God's word, if you hear God's word as we preach tonight or Sunday mornings or if you listen to a preacher, whatever, if you pay close attention, then you will gain understanding. If this, then this. It's a conditional statement. Now listen to this. Now the next thing he says, to those who listen to my teaching, he, he's reemphasizing that point, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But, he gives another if-then statement, but for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. If you listen and pay attention, then you will have understanding. You will gain understanding into God's word, to the heart of God, to the things that are going on in the world around us. Because you see, when we are in God's word on a regular basis, we begin to understand the mess that's going on out there in a new light through God's eyes. If you pay attention, then you will gain understanding. However, here's another if-then statement. If you do not pay attention, you will lose understanding. Not just not gain it, not just stay the status quo, you will lose what you already have. Because if we are not paying attention to the word of God 
even what little understanding we started out with will be gone. And I can tell you this 100% fact. Not only do I see it in the Word of God, so I know that it is absolutely true, but I have seen it happen with students who are sitting right in your chairs. I have seen students who have grown up in this church who have a modicum of understanding of the Word of God, and as they grow older, they stop paying attention. That little understanding that they had that could have grown and blossomed into more understanding was gone. And this is a warning I'm going to give you tonight. Okay? If-then statements in the Word of God are crucial because they require something from you. If you do this, then God will do this. And God is always faithful to fulfill his end of that statement. Always. The only and if but maybe, I don't know, is on our side. If you do this, then God will do this. Absolutely, without a doubt, fact. The only thing you have to ask yourself, am I willing to do this? Got real quiet in here. I hope you're thinking about it. Because I am being so, so serious. I have literally talked to students where it breaks my heart because that I can see it in their eyes. They've lost it. They have lost any understanding of the Word of God. They've lost understanding of the grace of God. They've lost understanding of the love that God has for them, and they are completely off the rails. Somebody who at one time had it and knew it and understood it and believed it lost it because they stopped paying attention. They stopped listening. They stopped listening to the Word of God. They stopped reading the Word of God. They stopped listening in church. They stopped listening to that still small voice, that Holy Spirit inside their conscience. They stopped. And even what little understanding they had vanished. I'm going to tell you what. Spending time in God's Word is absolutely crucial. Absolutely crucial. 100%. Absolutely crucial. If you do not spend time in God's Word, then you will lose understanding. That's an if-then statement. Stand up with me. That's an if-then statement that will come true. And in five years, wait, what's the youngest grade we have here? Seventh grade is the youngest grade we have in here. So let's say six years after you're out of high school, six years, I want every single one of you to call me up. Put it on your, can you go put it on your calendars right now? Uh, six years, call up Matt. And I'm going to ask you, did you pay attention to God's word? And you're going to give me one of two answers. You're going to say, yes, Matt, I did. And I'm going to say, did you gain understanding? And you're going to say, yes, I did. Because if you pay attention, then you will gain understanding. It's a promise of God. It's a fact. Or you could give me the other answer. I'll say, did you pay attention to God's word? Did you listen to God? And you're going to say, Matt, no, I didn't. And I'm going to say, did you lose understanding? Here's the funny part. You won't even know. Because I have talked students looking them dead in the eye, and they are convinced they still, they still know what's going on. They're still on top of it. And they have no clue that they are off the rails completely because they have lost understanding. When you lose understanding, you don't even know what you don't know. Does that make sense? 
So in six years, I want you to call me up and we're going to have that conversation. And I hope to God that you have stayed in God's word, that you have listened to God, and that you have gained understanding. And you're going to say, Matt, man, I've made some mistakes along the way. I have learned some very hard lessons. But God has given me a deeper understanding through all of it because I have stayed in his word, because I have listened to him. That's what I want to hear. Years after you're out of youth group, what I want to hear is that you, even though we are not perfect, that you have stayed in God's word, that you have stayed connected to God, that you have listened to the heart of the Father, and that you have gained understanding. Because without wisdom, without understanding, we are, we are just kind of flying, we're flying blind, we're flying lost. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know how to make corrections, how to, how to fix things that are wrong in our lives, wrong in our relationships, because we've lost it. We've lost understanding. We don't, we're just kind of, we're just kind of lost. We're confused. A lot of confused people out there. And God wants to use you to clear up their confusion. But you have to have understanding first. You have to know that you know what God wants for your life. You have to know that you know what God has done for you. You have to have that understanding before you can help someone else gain understanding. God is good. God is faithful. God is an amazing, wonderful, heavenly Father. And He promises us if we do this, he will do this. And he always follows through on his promise. Always. Without fail. God is good. As we worship together tonight, here's what I want you to do. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, if you have never said, Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins, that you were raised again the third day, and that I am now forgiven and have a relationship with you. If you have never prayed that prayer, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to come up here tonight. Because the Bible says, if you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you will be saved. That is the greatest if-then statement we've ever had. If we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that means making Him the boss of your life, then we will be saved. We accept that free gift of salvation. God changes us, renews our spirit on the inside of us, and we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Just like Brendan did a couple of weeks ago became a new creation in Christ Jesus because he came up and he said, God, I want that. God, I want that. And Brendan, I apologize. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but he and I had a good conversation today and I can see God working on the, working on the inside of him. I can see God doing some things inside of him. Is he perfect? Absolutely not. Are his relationships perfect? Absolutely not, but he's working on it. Now listen, now listen. I'm being serious here because none of us are perfect. We've all got some junk garbage in our lives that needs to be taken care of, but if you're not in God's Word, you will lack the understanding to do it. God is giving him fresh insight and understanding. The Spirit of the living God is coming alive on the inside of him and helping him to make changes in his life. And that is awesome. There is no greater, greater blessing for me to see than to see God get a hold of somebody and change them. He did it for me. He's done it for some of, many of you guys. So if you have never prayed that prayer of salvation, I want you to come up front tonight. I will lead you in that prayer, short and sweet, but it is powerful. And then you can live the rest of your life with a relationship with a Heavenly Father who loves you. For the rest of you, 
I want you to close your eyes. I want you to raise your hands, and I want you to worship that God who has saved you, who has set you free, and who offers you fresh understanding, fresh wisdom, fresh insight, and offers you guidance and love every single day.